So the Bible speaks about the fact that there are times of global shakings. The Bible is very detailed and practical about this. In the beginning of 2020, that time will be noted in the history books as such a time. We read that in Haggai 2. For thus says the Lord Almighty, in only a little while I will shake the sea and the earth, the dry and the, and the land. I will shake all nations and the treasures of all nations shall come and I will fill the house with my glory, says the Lord Almighty. We read that in Haggai 2, 6 and 7. And in the New Testament, we find the same passage in Hebrews uh, that repeats this. So the Bible even says this, there'll be times of global shakings and we are living in a time like that. Heaven and earth are, will be shaken. Principalities, what used to be stable, will not work any longer. And the repercussions are incalculable. And we see Jesus speaking about a similar time in the Gospel of Luke. He says, a time is coming of shaking. Jesus is warning us. And that will be so stark that in Luke 21 verse 26 that the hearts of men will faint from terror apprehensive of what is yet to come on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken so that's what Jesus says and somehow we seem to be living in such a time so a virus is actually turning the world upside down and at the same time it's now if not now, when then? That's the time for the church of Jesus to be radiant, to be light, to arise. I was speaking to Heidi Baker and we had invited her as a speaker for the Awakening Fire Conference and she said to me, I believe she was in Singapore just now, and there was a big event with 70,000 people where she'd been invited to speak at and that was cancelled, couldn't take place. And so Heidi Baker said, you know, we as Christians are not called to be headless chickens in this time, but this is the time of crisis when the storm comes, we are to be like eagles rising up on our wings and the crisis just lifts us higher to see with God's perspective, to see the way God sees this time. And I believe that's what Haggai speaks about because here we also see that with this time of shaking, there's also something else that's happening. It's the glory of God that comes down, the presence of God. So it's a time for the presence of God. The more the world is shaken and turned upside down, that's what Haggai says, the, the more his kingdom is growing. The more the world is in turmoil, the more his presence will come. So good news wherever you are. doesn't ma matter which house church you're a part of or where you have logged in from in Germany or the nations, South America. There's so many people who've joined it. It's wonderful to have you with us for this message. I want to tell you, God is calling you out of the chains of isolation and fear. He's calling you to step out, and in the midst of the storm, He is raising you up. And there is peace that's higher than all understanding. And that's the peace we're talking about. And you can find that only in one place. So times of shaking. It's always God's wake-up call. 
Gottes Ruf. It's always God's call for us. And so the world is kind of laughing at us, saying, oh yeah, wrath of God and repentance and all of these things. But the Bible actually leaves no room for doubt. We can no longer close our eyes to the fact there's something we cannot control. So God's in control, right? He is in control. And he is king. He is Lord. And if God is shaking heaven and earth, it's his wake up call for us to say now is the time to seek me and to repent it's the time to repent and to really call your sin for what it is and to bring it to me so that's what the word of God is speaking about all the time For instance, in Joel 2, 1-14, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, call the people so they would repent and seek him, because who knows whether they would not repent and leave behind a blessing. So if that's not a wake-up call at this time, what else is? So we can't make anything work. All human efforts are worth nothing, and we still find our own limitations. What can be the wake-up call of God? This coronavirus is God's wake-up call, calling us to seek God, to search our hearts. Maybe you remember, two weeks ago I preached on that. James 4, verse 8. Wash your hands and cleanse your heart. And then he continues to say, you of divided heart. On the one hand, you live Christian lives, but on the other hand, you live just the way you please. And you with a cleft tongue. On the one hand, you live a Christian life, and on the other hand, and you still follow your own will. I'm not sure what this is talking about, but this is what it says. So that's God's call to us. It doesn't matter to whom. The church of Jesus, believers, it doesn't matter who you are. Now is your time. So you don't just wash your hands. You should do that. And literally, be careful about that. But cleanse your heart. Seek God. I believe the word that the, the prayer that's quoted most often at this time is Psalm 91. Any one of you, we've got some people uh, who've just joined us here, so I can speak to you, not just those on the internet. Any one of you who's got, well, you can all raise your hands. Anyone prayed Psalm 91 in the past two weeks? Anyone of you here? Yeah. The few people who are seated here. They all raised their hands, and I believe most of you watching as well. And I heard a story of someone working in a kindergarten. She was in a secular kindergarten. So you can't really speak about faith in that, right? But it was the first day when the children didn't come anymore. And so the uh, kindergarten teachers sat together and then she, she told them, you know, there is a psalm that speaks into that situation and that's Psalm 91. And they said, yeah, can you read that to us? So she read Psalm 91. And the kindergarten teachers in the secular kindergarten said, can you send this to us? This really speaks to us. And I believe this is the prayer for this time, this psalm. And before I shall read it to you, just now and we look at it a bit more carefully, I would like to tell you something, because we need to understand something really important here. 
Weißt du? You know. Da gibt es gerade jetzt jemanden, Just now there is der someone who is praying for you. Did you realize Jesus. that? And that's Jesus, because the word of God says that he is interceding for us in heavenly places. So he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and there is someone who reigns far above every coronavirus. He reigns over heaven and earth, and that's Jesus, because he went to the cross. In der Vergangenheit, um but not just tun, in the past to do something but right on the cross he represented you and me so he was on the cross not just to bear your and my sin but to accomplish everything because on the cross he said it is finished he took everything upon himself for you and for me and the resurrection that happened wasn't just because Jesus was raised and it has nothing to do with you but he did it for us for you right where you are in your village in your town in your living room He did it for you. And what I want to tell you, everything that Jesus did is not just something that will become reality at some point in the future, but what he did is already reality. Right? You can read that in Ephesians 1 verse 4. It says, The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And so here, And so here, we can also do that, but in all the house, all the house churches as well, wherever you are, you can say this. He has blessed me with every spiritual blessing. Because there's so few of you in here, in the hall, you have to be all the louder. So he has blessed me with every spiritual blessing. For he chose us and he predestined us to be adopted as his child and then it says he raised us and he has put us in heavenly places and then it says something very interesting in Christ Jesus And then he continues to say, we are his handiwork, made in him. So I don't know what you feel like, but when I was a young believer, I always had to think about this. How can I be in him? Because I can't like crawl into him, right? I can't like squeeze into How can I be in Christ? What does that mean? There's such tremendous promises here. And that actually takes us to Psalm 91. Most of us will know this verse. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, and this dwell is a shav, so to sit in a hidden place in the shadow of the Almighty, he who is in his presence, in the temple of his presence. Und natürlich zuerst and of course, first war die Vorstellung, the idea was, was in the temple, whoever dwells in his presence in the temple. But actually, it takes it a step further. In Jesus, in Christ, whoever is in him. If you rest in the shadow, in Hebrew, it's cell of the Almighty. If you're under his protection, his 
his guidance. So we'll rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So if we remain there, that's not something in the future, but every day afresh. When we do our everyday things, every step we take, whenever you are in Christ, when you are in Jesus, you are under his protection. You are in the shadow of his wing. You are hidden in him with Jesus. So we need to know who we are in Jesus. Wir brauchen eine Realität, we need this reality dass wir wieder Adler, die that like the eagle we have God's perspective of who we are in Jesus Christ. Die, die we are not the ones who pray and hope that it will be well at some point and maybe the Lord keeps us or not. But we can be in a state of perfect protection in Him, in Christ. So that's reality. And this is what it says here. And if you dwell under the shadow of the Most High, the following thing happens that even if a thousand fall on your side and ten thousand at your right hand it will not come near you just raise your hand if you believe that usually we only see the things that are real before our eyes but God has a different perspective God says I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing I have raised you I've appointed you in Christ. In Christ, in Christ I can be under the shelter of the Most High. I am protected and safe in Him, in His presence. All right, that's the mentality. This is who I am. This is my protective gear that's more effective than anything else. And then it says, if you know that, if you know this presence and shelter of the Most High, if you are seated in this presence of God, you will say to him, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. In faithfulness or in truth will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Wow, how many times have we read this psalm and didn't know what to think about it? But now it's really up to date. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent or your house. So if you say, this is my verse, then just raise your hand. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. So that's a place of authority. You know, Maybe you'll be surprised for me to say that, but you don't have to pray for it anymore. You don't need to proclaim it down, even though it's good to proclaim the word of God. It's important to pray, but it already belongs to you in Christ. You know, everything in the Old Testament was focused and directed. The entire intent and desire was to enter into that hidden place with God in Christ. 
Jetzt bist du an diesem And Platz. now you are in this place. Wann immer du unterwegs And bist. so whenever you are traveling on the road somewhere. Ganz gleich, wo du arbeitest, wo du entlang gehst, du beobachtest vielleicht wissen, es gibt eine Realität über der Realität, die wir gerade erleben. Right Ort, diesen Ort der Gegenwart. You are in that secret place in the presence of God, under the protection and shadow of the Most High God. Und wer das ist, And whoever dwells in this place can say the following. Because maybe you can wonder, does that, is that true for me now or not? But if that's true for you, you say, he loves me. Therefore, I will protect him. He says, I know your name. I love you. I know your name. And he says, I call upon him. So that's a mark of someone. So sehen wir hier diese Worte. So here we see that because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name, he will call upon me and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble and I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life I'll satisfy him, her, you and show you my Yeshua, my salvation. So the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua. I want to show you my Yeshua, my salvation. Die Frage ist doch, so the question is, am I in Christ? So I can truly receive this psalm. So I can live in it. Und das weiß ich ja, wenn ich And I know that, you know, when I live outside of a room or a house and I want to try and get in, I know exactly whether I'm outside or inside, right? And the same thing is true for Jesus. I know exactly whether I am in his presence, do I know him, am I with him, or I'm still outside. I know, I suspect he's there, but there's a door, a wall that separates me from him. And so many people live like that. So many people live a Christian lifestyle or were raised Christian, but they still have the separating wall between so them and him. So many people have been baptized, but that won't save them. There's a wall, a separation between me and him. And so many people go to church, but there is yet still a door separating them and him. And I'm wondering, you know, how can I be protected? Maybe you're here, you've never heard of God, you've never read the Bible, but now you're seeking him. Because this is a time when so many people who've never read the Bible, who've never heard about God, never were interested in him, now they seek him. And I've got good news for you. It doesn't matter in what way you were raised, Jesus will always be found by you because those who seek shall find. And the answer of the psalm is four requirements. How can I be in Jesus? So this psalm would be valid for me. First step, first mark is he loves me. In order to love someone, you have to know them, right? There are so many people who live and talk theoretically about God, but they've never met him before. First of all, you have to get to know him in order to be able to love him. Because if you don't know someone, you can't love them. First, Mark, you have to meet him, get to know him. Secondly, he knows my name. He acknowledges my name. As I mentioned, the name of Jesus is Yeshua HaMashiach. He is the Savior, the Redeemer. 
Den musst du kennen. Dieser Psalm für dich gilt, and so, dass du to make this Psalm valid for you, you have to get to know this name and get to know Jesus as a Savior in your life. And thirdly, the third mark is, he will call upon me. So it's not enough to have heard about him, or to study theology, or to read lots of books, or maybe your father was a pastor, or you attended church. But the third point is, you have to call upon him. Fourth point. Whenever we call to him and come to him, he hears and answers immediately. And fourth point, you follow his word. Because your faithfulness, your truth is my protection. So you follow him. These are the four steps, the four marks how you can be in Christ. You get to know him. You know who he is. You acknowledge his name, salvation. You call upon him, you pray to him, and you can do that today. And you can say, Lord, I want to get to know your truth, your faithfulness. I want to get to know your word, and I want to have it as a compass in my life. These are the steps. And this happens through prayer. And it doesn't matter from where you're watching or listening. God is only a prayer away. Sometimes we can be disappointed and frustrated by so many things, families, relationships, even institutions, organizations, ideologies. And yet, we keep starting over and over again. How about giving God another chance in your life? How about starting over with God? How about taking those three simple steps to get to know him in order to find out whether God will actually be true to his word. And so the first step in, in order to be in Christ is he who calls upon me shall be saved. So the first step is your prayer. Lord Jesus, in this situation of fear and no peace, insecurity, if you are here, I am calling you. And your prayer can be, can you come and meet with me with your love and your peace? And then he touches you with that prayer. And you will experience what millions of other Christians have experienced as well. Jesus will meet with you. He will answer your prayer. And the second step is, you ask his forgiveness. Lord, would you forgive me? Where I've lived my own life, And the third step is to seek his presence in prayer. And maybe there's someone in the house church or wherever to help you pray this personal prayer. And if you allow that and if you want that, you will see how the love of God and the peace of God come into your life very personally. And I'm slowly nearing the end of my message. I promise that this special online service would be only a 30-minute message. And with the grace of God, I can finish in 35 minutes. But there is something else I would like to tell you in order to finish this message. So I'm wondering, you know, what is the significance of God in this time? Because Christians speak about a prophetic significance. 
so heute um 6 Uhr About betete, six in the morning and I prayed for this message. And it was a very clear word that I felt. And this word this was the it's the ninth hour. And so you look at your watch and say, what does that mean? What's the ninth hour? You see, the ninth hour for the Jews was the hour of prayer. Acts 3, verse 1. The ninth hour was the hour when it was the time of the evening sacrifice in the temple and the fragrance of the burnt offering was mixed with incense at this time and it went up to God like a fragrant offering and the people were praying outside the temple at that time. So that was the ninth hour. So somehow God seems to enjoy answering prayers at the ninth and so when Elijah was praying on Mount Carmel in the ninth hour, fire fell from heaven. So again, that was the ninth hour. Ezra was also praying at that time, confessing the sin of his people. And God healed the land and restored it. Daniel, Daniel had received a wonderful answer from God when he was praying at the ninth hour. And even the Captain Cornelius in Caesarea, obviously he kept the Jewish times of prayer, so he was praying at the ninth hour, and his entire life, his entire family was changed. So that's Acts 10, verse 3. And you know what? It was also the ninth hour that Jesus cried out at the cross with a loud voice. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we see how darkness had covered the land up to that time. To the ninth hour, darkness had covered the land. And then Jesus cried out this prayer, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So just think about it. Everyone was crying at the ninth hour. Elijah, Daniel, everyone had an answer of God. But here, God was silent. The son of the living God who knew that the father heard him at all times. He was praying. But the father did not answer. But we see how the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom and the captain who stood next to him he saw Jesus dying and he said truly he was the son of God and at the end of my message I'd like to tell you something because the father was silent then because all sin and guilt had been placed upon Jesus, your and my sin, the sin of cities and nations, Jesus bore everything because the father was silent then, he will answer now. He can answer now. 
Schau mal, das Gebet der neunten Stunde, see, das Gebet of the an der Schwelle zwischen Finsternis und Auferstehung. The prayer on the threshold between darkness and resurrection. The prayer of the ninth hour is the prayer in Christ for the healing of the nations. And you know this ninth hour? Das war so ungefähr zwischen It was between 3 and 4 p.m. The sixth hour was 12 noon and the ninth hour was between 3 and 4 p.m. Und so, my friends, if we don't pray now, when will we? When, when will we pray? If at times of shaking we don't start fasting and praying, when will we? And I want to invite you for a week of prayer and fasting. I invite you for this prayer in the ninth hour between three and four. And we want to have these prayer times between three and four. We'll receive uh, prayer requests from all over the world. We'll have live streaming from here. We'll pray for you, for the nations. And wherever you join us from, maybe your sickbed, your hospital room, your home quarantine, you can join us. And I want to invite you together with everyone in Germany in the nations. Let's pray together and raise our voices at the ninth hour. It's not because God couldn't answer prayer in other places or at other times, but this is the place where we say, God, heal our land, heal our nation. Come and have mercy on our nation. Bring us back to the cross. Bring us back to the place of repentance. Bring us back to the place where by your forgiveness we can receive healing and restoration. And so I want to invite you. We'll try starting this tomorrow at 3 p.m. You can join us online and you will see there is this uh, email address gebet, which means prayers at tosinfo and you can join us through Facebook or YouTube. And so we're calling you. You can just join us. Pray. Join us for, for your prayer time at home. We shouldn't think that we could just go into hiding and in two months' time everything's over. But we should call out to God because God is in control. And when he comes, it's a time for healing and restoration. And I want to say that to you personally, and then I would like to pray for you. You know, in Hebrews 6, verse 7, we find a very interesting word, and that's the promises of God are like an anchor in our soul. So our soul, that's where we've got our mind and will and emotion, everything that's in turmoil right now that wants to dominate and lead us. So the word of God is like an anchor. And then I would say, is that all? But then it says, that reaches into the sanctuary behind the curtain. So just imagine an anchor with a long chain. The one thing is our security in God and the security in our emotions, everything in our lives, that's in his promises. And these promises have their beginning and it reaches right into the presence of God. So this promise 
is something you can only receive when you are in that hidden place in the Holy of Holies in prayer, when you are seated with Christ in the shadow of the Almighty. And maybe you're here and you say, wow, I'm still outside this door. Because sometimes, as Christians, it's not so easy for us to say that, especially if we've been living with God for a long time and have a Christian lifestyle. But if it's about the question, what do we love and what takes first place in our lives, that actually will show us whether we are still outside the door or have entered in through Jesus. So that's the door. The Word of God says, knock and it will be open to you. And I only have to say, Lord, I want to get to know you the way you are. I want to know your name, Redeemer, Healer, Savior, the name above all other names. I'm calling upon you and I follow your word. Maybe you want to do that today. The Lord wants to use you. Because if you live in the shadow of the Almighty, you can invite others. You can become a blessing, a light for others. You can be a safe anchor. And others will find this anchor and want it too. And they will meet with the Lord. And I would like to pray for you in a moment. I would like to pray for you if you're still outside that door and you want to enter in to the shadow of the Almighty in Christ Jesus. And I would like to pray for you if you want to receive the peace of God and if you're really earnest and honest. Sometimes you wake up at night, you're driven by fear, you wake up in the morning. There's so many people who are living like that right now. I can understand that. But Jesus has an answer. And I would like to pray for you that you would find this life in Christ Jesus. And I would like to encourage you and call you for this prayer at the ninth hour, this special prophetic place here between three and four in the afternoon. I'm sure we'll have more information available soon. But during this week of fasting and praying to seek God and to say, Lord, would you come and heal our land? And he answers. He answers our prayers. Like with Elijah, when fresh fire fell from heaven. And he is preparing us for a wonderful harvest and restoration of our land. So let's pray together and everyone here in the hall, you can stand and everyone in the house churches, you can also stand. And I will pray. And then we have instrumental music and I will hand back to you in the house churches. You can minister to one another, pray for one another. But before we do that, I'd like to lead you into prayer personally. Father in heaven, we thank you for your wonderful presence. We thank you for your word at this time. And Lord, you are saying that we can live under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you, Jesus, that you have prepared everything so we can be in you. And Lord, I'm praying for all those now who are still outside this door. Maybe they've lived a Christian lifestyle, have a Christian mindset, but they can't truly say, I love Jesus. They can't truly say, I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yeshua. And they can't say that they are actually calling on you, the living God. 
all And so, Father, I'm praying now for all those that they would be able to enter in now, that they'd find the courage because you are the door, that they would say, I want to live in the shadow of the Almighty. I want to live in Christ. And if you want to do that, I'm happy to pray for you. So just place your hand upon your heart. In the cell groups and house churches and here in the hall, come and join us. It doesn't matter where in Germany or the nations you have joined us from. Just place your hand upon your heart and simply pray, saying, Lord Jesus, here I am. Please forgive me my own ways. But I want to be in you, in Christ Jesus, because you have done everything for me. Und ich betrete jetzt And I dein Haus, step into your Gegend. house now, into your presence. Ich vergebe dir mein Leben. I surrender my life to you now. Lade dich in mein Leben. And I invite you into my life. Du kannst das ganz persönlich beten an einem Platz. So you can pray this personal prayer wherever ja, you are. And while you pray, I believe God is working miracles. So, Father, I'm asking for all those who are caught up in fear that it would be your peace that that this peace would fill them from head to toe. So, Father, I'm asking that just now the power of the Holy Spirit would come, that your power would run through them, your love would run through them, your hope Danke dir, Herr, dass du jetzt I thank you, Lord, that you are breaking open now those chains of fear and isolation. And the Lord says, I welcome you, my child. I am taking you into my arms and I surround you and I touch you with my love. And Father, I declare this now over the north, the east, the south and the west of our nation that we as believers will take a stand in our prayer to raise our voices and that we would hear your wake-up call to seek you and to repent and turn around to you, the living God. And as a church and ministry, we say, here we are and we invite each one to join this prayer of the ninth hour. Are there some people here who say, yes, this is the time of prayer and fasting, seeking God, which form ever? Can you wave at me if you want to do that? So I see many hands, many in the house churches, and just keep your hand up and say, Lord, here I am to seek you. Here I am at this ninth hour. And I bless my city, I bless my country, my family, I bless the nation. So you would heal and restore in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.